0: Welcome back to our One Wild and Precious Lives, and our dogs. Today, I'm here with one of my favorite people in Guanajuato, Rodrigo, and his Czech Russell Terrier, Orisa. Rodrigo and I met because of a mutual friend who used to be his roommate, Adam. And we just didn't really hang out all that much. But when Adam left, or shortly before he left, he kind of told me, you need Rodrigo, or that's what I heard. I'm not sure if that's what he actually said, but I feel like he told me that you need Rodrigo in your life. He's going to be your new Adam. And he needs you in his life because you're going to be his new Adam. Kind of set us up on a friend date where we went to a Japanese (coughs) restaurant.
1: Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm Rodrigo. Yeah, he told me the same, like... Uh, I think Chrissy needs you and you need her and you can be, like, great friends, so try to call her. Yeah, and I I think at the beginning we were, like, kind of shy. Yeah. Like, just hanging out, like, once, like, every couple of months or something. Yeah, but at some point we started hanging out, like, every week, like, Monday.
0: It's kind of funny. It was like someone setting you up with someone, but as a friend date, not a, not like a set up. <laughs> I have never met someone in this particular way before, I think.
1: Yeah, that was weird. But I, I think that's <laughs> I, a um, thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And he was right about it, because I'm really, really grateful to have you in my life. Especially a few months ago, I was going through a hard time. And you were the person who made me feel that I could always come if I needed you or if I needed a place to feel safe or if I didn't want to be at home alone and be depressed.
2: Yeah, oh, and, that's
0: nice. Yeah, and you really, you really gave me that feeling and you meant it because you, like me, are someone who wouldn't say that if you didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. And if you say it, you keep your word. And I kind of felt that and just knowing that made everything better. Mm. Yeah.
1: That's nice, thank you for telling me that.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm going to really miss you when I move away from Guanajuato. I feel very lucky to have met you and get to be a friend.
1: Yeah, yeah, Um, thank you for telling me. I I feel the same. Yeah, I feel the same.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Adam, for setting us up. (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, thank you, Carissa, I feel the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you.
0: Well, uh, before I'm taking over this podcast and just running (laughs) away, talking and talking, Rodrigo, tell us a little bit more about yourself, and also especially about your dog, Orisa, because many of our listeners are dog people and have one or two or ten dogs at home, and I am absolutely sure they want to know who your dog is.
1: Well, I'm Rodrigo, I'm from Mexico, and I was born in a state called Michoacán about when I was like 20 or something I'm to mm, Guanajuato where I started uh, studying
2: mm-hmm.
1: I have a major on linguistic and Spanish teaching mm-hmm. so I'm a Spanish teacher and I've been doing this like for six years or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also I'm into other things like art painting music and Orisa yeah. Orisa is a Jack Russell. Well, we met four years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And originally, she was my brother's dog.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my brother was living in my apartment in Guanajuato.
0: With you. With me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he asked me if... I mean, he, he told me uh, at the end, I, I knew it was like, he told me like, Someone from the job was giving him this dog, a Jack Russell. I
0: didn't know that. Uh
1: And if that was okay for me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, she's she's pretty cute. Uh Uh She's very nice. Uh Yeah," but I knew Uh, he was actually buying her. Yeah, Yeah. totally. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, we started living together. I'm kind of picky. In my house, especially with cleaning and with my things, I like mm-hmm. I like having order in my in my house, mm-hmm. and that's kind of difficult with a Jack Russell puppy. You yeah, you know, <laughs> in general, with any puppy, it's difficult to save your things. You have yeah. to to have new new customs in your in your house, like no living your shoes yes uh, you
0: know. <laughs> not leaving anything, <laughs> anything basically basically you need to live in an empty house
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so we had a lot of problems and i talked with my brother and i told him like i don't want the dog here in my house anymore
0: <laughs> yeah so you basically kicked him out or you said it's you or
1: the dog yeah it was an ultimatum uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. you or the dog Mm-hmm. And but that time the house next to my apartment was on the rent, mm-hmm. so he rented, and we became neighbors.
0: Oh, <laughs> so he picked the dog over you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it
1: was okay. He started this relationship that he still has. It was like three people, and well, a couple, me. And a dog in this space was like two.
0: Yeah. Oh, you all lived in your. I didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah, In my
1: apartment. Yeah. So I think it was a good decision for him to move to his own house with their dogs, Mm -hmm. because then he got another dog, a border collie.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Macarena. Macarena. Yeah. (laughs) Everything at the beginning was all right, but. Something happened between Macarena and Orisa. I don't know who was the the bad one in this. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that they started fighting and they had like a big fight once. Orisa started and Macarena like fight back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But since Macarena is a watercoli, it's much bigger than Orisa. Yeah. And Orisa almost died in that attack. Well, my brother and his girlfriend they decided that they couldn't have both dogs in the same house, mm-hmm. so they asked me to take care of Orisa for a while until resolve the problem.
0: Ah, okay. Uh-huh, the idea, for a while.
1: Yeah, the idea wasn't to keep care of, of course, was to see if they could have like some training for the dogs mm-hmm. or move even to another house. Mm-hmm. with two gardens you know like a front yeah. yard and a backyard to keep them
2: mm-hmm.
1: apart but well it wasn't an option she started living with me and at the beginning i was not that agree I, I didn't agree with idea
0: yeah
1: I mean, but you the, did it as
0: a favor for your brother
1: yeah, yeah yeah and well i don't know something changed i also had problems you know like some issues and I was feeling actually very alone at that moment so Risa came in yeah in the right moment like when I was feeling like very sad very lonely and then I was kind of sad because she was with me you know because the the way I received with all like I don't know how to say like well, injured, you know, with some injuries in around his her neck um, and everything. Oh, and, that
0: was right after the attack.
1: Yeah, he was yeah. in the same like one after one hour after attack. I um, got her like in this state, and I was like, I don't want any problems with dog because yeah. I also I have a lot of stories with dog, like with injury and accidents with dogs, and I didn't want like anything mm-hmm. to do with pets my turtle was killed by a cat like last year before that mm-hmm. so yeah i was like kind of traumatized you know
0: you didn't want to have that kind of relationship again yeah,
1: yeah exactly yeah but then the reason i started became friends i think
0: yeah
1: i started like get used to her and yeah she started being less anxious about being a new space and and little by little we started like being like very close we started go hiking together she goes with me when i have to work like in a cafe or something or she's even in some of my online classes
0: yeah
1: yeah so she's part of my life right now yeah and
0: mm -hmm. she's your dog now right not your brother's dog
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even if they move to a bigger house or whatever. Or Or
0: if they left the country, she would be with you. She would stay. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I told them that there's no way (laughs) Norisa is going back to you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: She's a pretty special dog. Well, she's obviously my favorite Czech Russell Terrier, but I also don't have any any other Czech Russell Terriers in my life, so that's easy to say. And she also has the privilege, Game has shared her mat with her. Game has a magic carpet. Nobody gets to touch that. Um, when she's on it, nobody can be on it or interact with her. It's like this safe space, and I make sure that nobody goes on it, and she also doesn't want it. But they have slept together on her mat. Yeah. At a cafe, for example. Yeah? yeah. She Orisa, up until now, is the only dog who has ever had that right in Game's life. yeah (laughs) so she's pretty special yes and now she's sitting on my lap and i'm enjoying her (laughs) unfortunately the listeners can't see her well so what i wanted to talk to rodrigo about today is something other than dogs i want this podcast to not only feature dog content and living abroad content, but one other thing that is really important to me personally is queer content. And up until now, I haven't recorded a single queer episode. So I want to make this our first queer episode. When I was thinking about this, I also realized that... Um, so, Rodrigo is gay, and like we talk about stuff.
1: We're queers.
0: Yeah. And we talk about stuff that's going on in our everyday life now, but I realized that actually I don't really know much about what it is like to grow up um, as a gay man in Mexico. Because we haven't really talked about our past in that respect. Um, I not really. Would you mind sharing a little bit what it was like? Because I imagine it might be quite different than it was for me growing up in Austria. Because the surrounding culture is different. <laughs> it's different everywhere. And it's also different for every person. What was your personal experience? When did you realize you were gay? And how did you experience that? Who did you share it with? Or did you share it with anyone? Did you have a coming out?
2: Um,
1: well, it's difficult, I think. I don't know now, but when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. When, was what, what
0: year were you born in?
1: I was born in 1990. Mm-hmm. So I'm 31. So we're talking like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah when i was growing up and when i realized i'm gay was when i was maybe 7
0: oh that's really early yeah yeah how did you realize i did not know i didn't realize so early
1: well i don't i don't know if i realized i was gay but i realized i was like kind of different from other kids like mm-hmm. boys and also my toys choices and stuff like that my sister used to have this Polly Pocket set. Do you know Polly Pocket?
0: I feel like it sounds familiar, but I don't know what it is.
1: Was it like a tiny house? It's uh-huh. somewhat like a shell or something, like a little oh, case. Oh, yes, 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 I've
0: seen and those. And yeah. open. I never had those. And
1: it's a house with uh-huh. a tiny yeah. doll.
0: I was not into that. It was
1: that. so cute, and, yeah. I was, and I wanted one, you know?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I kind of <laughs> felt like I was different in that moment. Uh When other boys were were asking for, you know, like more mainly toys, like action figures or Mm -hmm. toy weapons or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I wanted these Polly Pockets.
0: (laughs) And did you tell your parents that you wanted one too?
1: I told my mom I wanted one. Yeah. And she got me one. Mm -hmm. A yellow one. I think she she was like okay, but she wanted like this toy to be like totally girly. So... She got me a yellow one.
0: And usually they're pink, or...? Uh-huh. uh-huh. My
1: sister had a pink one.
0: Were you as happy with the yellow one as you would have been with the pink one, or was it lesser?
1: No, I was really happy with my poly Pocket, <laughs> <laughs> And also my mom managed to got other, like, kind of the same style toys, but with, like, more mainly
0: uh-huh. content. So what, was, what was in there? Like a the
1: shark and you uh-huh. know like a really mainly shark and <laughs> <laughs> with Sorry. some guns and but it was cool it was cool it was the shape of, of a shark uh-huh. and then you open it and it was like the base uh-huh you know some character um,
0: and in uh, the mouth
1: and the mouth yeah
0: and did you enjoy those just as much as the the other ones
1: yeah i think so maybe it was it was the idea so, I, I maybe I didn't have, like, any problem about, like, girly stuff or more, like, boy stuff, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But then also, like, in elementary school, all boys wanted to play soccer, and I didn't like mm-hmm. soccer. I don't like soccer at all. For me, it was easier to hang out with the girls, and the girls were playing, like, Barbies or Polypropies as well or Mm -hmm. talking about like girl things so I started like hanging out with them Mm -hmm. and I felt like really comfortable I I didn't want to hang out with the boys you know for me soccer was like too mainly very violent and I wasn't like that I was I felt like was more delicate you know more shy Mm -hmm. as well
0: but nobody made you play soccer so it was okay To play with the girls? or No,
1: well, actually, someone made me play soccer. But I'm going to that part of the story. But, yeah, this wasn't easy because I was having, like, a a lot of bullying at that time. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, it wasn't normal for a boy to be playing with Barbies and spend the whole time with the girls. And there was
0: no one else in your environment.
1: Like, doing the same? No. Yeah, so I was receiving bullying from the girls, like, you know, like, making fun of me. From the girls? Uh-huh, for hanging out with other girls, but yeah. also from other boys, yeah. from the boys, like, all of the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, obviously, for them, I was a faggot, like, they called us, you know, like, a jota mm-hmm. or something.
0: At that age already?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, like, I was, yeah, like, maybe first, second grade. Yeah. Uh-huh, so I was, like, seven or eight.
0: Did you all even know what that was supposed to mean?
1: Kind of. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't like school at all at that time. And I also was having issues with my family. Well, my family was having issues and they were fighting all the time, like my parents and also my brothers. I have two brothers and one sister. Mm -hmm. All of them are older. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they were also kind of mean with me for mm-hmm. the same reason. So I was receiving bullying in my house and also in my in my school. It wasn't easy for me. Yeah. For everyone it was weird. I don't know was why it was a big deal. I mean mm-hmm. I was just someone to have one. But for my second grade teacher was a very bad thing to do.
0: What was the bad thing? The playing with girls?
1: Yeah. So, in front of everyone, she was telling this story about a girl like used to play soccer and hanging out with boys and have a very botch uh, style mm-hmm. and manners and <laughs> at the end of everything, she became lesbian and now she and at that moment she was in problems or in trouble or whatever you know. We well,
0: have her travels been? She
1: no. Uh, no, but you know how uh, people scare you about things yeah. like about marijuana, right? Like you start with marijuana and you end like yeah. dead in a trash can. Right. And the same thing is and, and the yeah. same thing is with queerness. Like you yeah. start as a boy, um as a boy playing with girls, with or with Barbies and you end up selling yourself in the streets and having yeah. Dying of AIDS or something. obviously. Uh
0: That's happening to all of us. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so she told us this story, and obviously, she was telling it because of me.
0: And she told it to everyone, but like to the entire class. Yeah. Oh, God. So
1: she told to everyone, so from now on, like, boys only going to play soccer with the boys, and the girls are going to play Barbies or whatever they want to play just with the girls, mm-hmm. so I had to play soccer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I was like, the. she put me in a hot spot, Yeah. Uh, she put me with the bullies, so everyone started bullying me, at that yeah. point, at soccer, I couldn't play soccer at all, so everyone... Right, because you
0: hadn't played earlier, yeah. how would you?
1: Yeah. yeah, so it was very bad, Yeah. so that made me like, became really lonely, mm-hmm. very shy, very insecure of myself and as i say, i was having problems with my family at the same time it was not good
0: yeah
1: basically i didn't have anyone to talk about this
0: yeah
1: then maybe when i became a teenager before that maybe at 12 or 11 mm-hmm. i wasn't playing with barbies anymore but i started noticing boys you know like mm-hmm. you are having this yeah sexual health classes in yeah. school and you don't feel related. You feel related about the changes and everything and you feel uncomfortable like everyone. but then you have like the other books are telling you like oh you're going to start like looking at girls and girls are going to start looking at boys and you can have relationships and uh, you know this kind of
0: We did not so I'm curious because we did not have these classes at all. I know it's common in all of the Americas, mm-hmm. but it's just not a thing that happened in Austria. Oh. So this class never, we never got that class. So there was a book and it was a class that you had for an entire semester or an entire year.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, we have the... Where they
0: taught heteronormative values and how to be a good husband.
1: Yeah, actually we have like the wood ones, like biology, when we mm-hmm. see like... The science and the biology part of the change, you yeah. know.
0: Okay, we did that too, but it was not. It was not. A, it wasn't sexual education or anything like
1: that. Uh, and also like sexual education, but like really normative. You know, you, yeah. you don't talk about other things. Yeah. But just like straight sex. Yeah. And then we also have like this manners class, okay. or like civic behavior class. Uh-huh. In school, and actually, a friend of mine in Facebook uploaded a photo. She, she, the caption was like, I was cleaning my house and I found this. And it's like instructions to be a good girlfriend. Like, oh. seriously, I'm going to show you the picture because it's crazy. And
0: what age was that? What class? Maybe
1: like. 13 14 something yeah. like that is like a girl always have to be clean and look pretty for her boyfriend oh my god
0: that sounds so horrible to me.
1: Uh-huh. a girl always have to be the or the perfect girlfriend always behaves good in front of everyone and obeys like any superior it's crazy and it, did
0: you also have that book that same i book?
1: think so yeah yeah
0: and what what about the perfect I guess there was the perfect girlfriend and the perfect perfect boyfriend. boyfriend
1: Say something about not being married or having another relationship.
0: So you should be faithful.
1: Yeah, Uh, having enough money and Uh uh capitalism. Uh Here we go. Yeah, and be. That's important. Yeah, and try to have more money. You know, like scale in the social. Oh Uh really? So you (laughs) so
0: so at thirteen they are already teaching you quite literally, that you're supposed to climb the the ladder of success.
1: Yeah, and actually, it's really, and also it's really racist because this uh, preference, the boyfriend and the girlfriend have to be the same nationality, same race and same religion. religion. Wait, it said
0: that in the book?
1: Yeah, I saw yeah, sorry.
0: No. Yeah. Do you still have that book?
1: <laughs> I don't have that book, but I have the photo that my I friend I do, about. I
0: definitely have to show you that photo. Yeah, that sounds yeah. insane. Wow. Well, we didn't have any manners classes, so we didn't have any of these books. It's not that it was talked about more liberally, it just wasn't talked about at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was crazy because we had like the good information, like I know about sexual disease since I was like 11 or 10. Yeah. And also my mom provided me a lot of this information with books she used to bring to the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but on the other hand, we have the right way to be a man or the yeah. right way to be a woman, you know? Or, and obviously, being gay doesn't fit in that. Right,
0: yeah. So at that point, anyone would realize that they don't fit with that picture.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're trained to, to make you like they want. Yeah.
0: What did it feel like to be in a class like that, where this was taught?
1: Mm, I wasn't paying much attention. Actually, it was... Now that I think about it, is it was just very weird. Yeah. Well, at the end of elementary school, I had managed to make some friends. Also with Bully, so not real friends, but at least people that wanted to hang out with me. You know, like these kind of friends that make fun of you, but you also make fun of them.
0: But you know that you are lower on the social hierarchy than they are, but... They're the best option that's available to you,
1: yeah, but actually everyone were in the, was yeah. in the lower social hierarchy yeah in school, yeah, so they were talking all the time about porn and uh, you know like having sex with girls or taking a, at uh, thirteen fourteen yeah, and I wasn't feeling like related to that you know I, did
0: you pretend
1: yeah, but i yeah I don't feel that mm-hmm. And I also I wanted to say that I, most of my education was in a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. So, well, obviously like being homosexual is a sin. So I also had to deal with that. <laughs>
0: yeah. So at what age did they teach you that?
1: I, I think it's also in the same age, like 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Well, so they teach you that, yeah, being gay or masturbation or any other sexual activity is, is a sin, you know? Yeah yeah so at that point I was scared you know (laughs) because of the people yeah about me being like maybe a kind of kind of girly oh I was scared about being punished by God you know (laughs) because I I didn't want to go to hell yeah (laughs) you know so I was at that point it was like ah very hard because I know what I am, you know, but I don't want to be this because I don't want to disappoint everyone, like my family. And I don't want to suffer because all movies, all TV shows at that point with gay representation suffer a lot. They yeah. suffer a lot of violence or disease or they end like, yeah, dying of AIDS. Or I, yeah. I didn't want that for me, you know. And, as well, I didn't want to go to hell.
0: Yeah.
1: I was fine than saying, you know, like, just talking with me about that. Yeah, but, but the other hand, with my family and everyone, I, I didn't talk about anything.
0: So, you, yeah, you didn't want them to know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at some point it was very clear that I was okay. Mm-hmm. So, there, there wasn't much to say.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, I, I didn't want to talk. It it, it that made me very. Uh, I built a wall with yeah. my family. You know, that it's still like very high. I don't talk about myself with my family. I talk about my work. Yeah. Like normal stuff that's going on in the world. You know, but I don't talk about my friends or my relationships
2: or yeah.
0: You know. Did you never have a conversation with them about these things? Mm. So they also didn't initiate talking about it?
1: They used to ask me, but they also knew that I was really reserved, like really, I didn't want to talk about this stuff. So in a kind of way, they are respecting my privacy, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think internet was a, a good... I, i discovered my space when i was like 16 years old so i was discovering like more queer people like more people like me like mm-hmm. people of my age that weren't living in, not even in my country <laughs> you know uh, yeah. but that was the cool part about my space that that made me realize that i don't have to stay in the place yeah. i was living you know
0: what town were you living in then?
1: Uh, it's called La Piedad. How big is it? It was like 70,000
0: mm-hmm.
1: people living there. Yeah. But
0: you never, or at that point, you had never crossed paths with another queer person in La Piedad. Like nobody would have <coughs> let you know. Because no. Because it's, it's something you don't talk about.
1: I think there were there other boys mm-hmm. that, for me, seemed gay. And I how there were they were they were being bullied by the same reason you mm-hmm. know but now i never had the the courage or yeah to talk with them mm-hmm. yeah i i never i never talked with someone about yeah. that or i had a lot of crushes but i never had the courage to talk with them you know i was way too scared
0: and now you now you have all the cards. Now you have all the cards.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what changed? What gave you the confidence you have today? Mm. About, for example, starting a conversation with someone you have a crush on.
1: I think it was a whole process that started with MySpace. Then, when I moved to Morelia, the biggest city in Michoacan, I was still scared. About talking about this even though I had more open-minded friends.
0: Did you go to university there too? Or yeah
1: yeah? There? I started like literature, my literature major there where I, I had some problems mm-hmm. with the university and at that time the state was very violent so mm-hmm. I decided to move like being a refugee in another state in Mexico.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah but I wasn't feeling comfortable because my friends were straight, and then I started, like, meeting in real life gay people. Mm-hmm. And I, and then I started learning a lot of gay stuff, you know, a lot of gay cultures. Mm-hmm. That it sounds, like, kind of weird, but it's necessary to know, and you're not going to get this information from, like, straight people, you know? No, yeah. So a lot of vocabulary... A lot of things like music and you know mm-hmm. so it was cool I kind of already knew a lot of this stuff yeah but see that it's real and that go to an actual gay bar and feel like free to do yeah. whatever you want and dance whatever you want yeah yeah that's pretty cool
0: and you started that in in Morelia
1: yeah yes and then I started hanging out with queer people I have these friends, they are siblings, Mm -hmm. Diego and Karen, he's gay, and she's lesbian, Mm -hmm. and we used to go, like, to gay clubs, like, all the time, and trying
0: to
1: (laughs) hook up with someone.
0: (laughs) The three of you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is funny, I have this friend, too, um, and she has a sister... Like she's lesbian and her sister is lesbian and their dad is gay. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, like, oh, so, that's cool. kind of so funny. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I think it was more like hitting Guanajuato, maybe before my 30s, that I started feeling more comfortable
2: mm-hmm. with
1: who I am and the way I am.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: there's still things I don't like about myself. But at least right now, like, my queerness is something that I I really like. I embrace it. I, I celebrate like that. it. That's yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: and, and I think it was because of the people I met, you know, like, certain meeting other people, like, other queer people, and realized, like, things that you think are impossible for mm-hmm. you because you're gay are actually not impossible mm-hmm. because other people
0: such as yeah. such as having a relationship or, or what yeah do you think, you yeah know?
1: like a healthy relationship for example mm-hmm. or being old and gay and still be happy and have projects so, or be yeah or still going out with your friends
0: yeah if you're not necessarily gonna die of AIDS at age 20. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or
1: even if you have HIV, you can still have a perfect life with a partner. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's very important to have these experiences. I mean, those are not your experiences, but it's a way that you learn, you know? Yeah. Through other people's experiences.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you had a child of your own now or adopted a child or foster the child, or raise the child, what would you do different in order to help them have a different experience than you had growing up?
1: Oh, A lot of things. Like, first of all, no religious school or Catholic school at all.
0: (laughs) I agree with you, yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Also, like, be more like I, I don't want to say my parents didn't take care of me, but me were being more conscious about what their children were going through.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I'm not a parent. Yeah. And I th- I, I I think I'm not going to be one. And
0: mm, me neither. And. And yet, and, this and is I'm, something I think about a lot, though. And, and
1: I know it's going to... It's, it's very difficult to be a parent. And especially, like, my mom that had to rise for children, you know. That's really difficult. That's crazy. Yeah. And I understand, but... I don't know. Like, taking the time just to talk with your kids, like, every night. Have a serious conversation with them.
0: What would you talk about with them?
1: The day, the teachers... The classmates, mm-hmm. you know, things that I wanted to say, but that I didn't say because they didn't ask me. Yeah. And I was afraid to say it by by my own because I don't know how they would react.
0: Yeah.
1: And also, uh, well, like, make them realize the house is a safe space mm-hmm. to talk about whatever you want, yeah. you know? Yeah, because also, well, there were other times. But also for my father, it was not correct to watch any kind of gay content, you know. So every time we, something on the TV or in any other American show with gay content, it was like, turn off the TV or don't watch that. Mm-hmm. Or Why are you watching those faggots or something like that, you know. Yeah, so that didn't... Yeah. Make the the proper condition to came out with because I was a little right. too scared.
0: Yeah, that, that is not creating a safe space in your house. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny, like I think about the hypothetical children I never want to have a lot. And I have entire plans of how I would raise the hypothetical children I never want to have. And which is like, I mean, it's also weird, right? Why would you th- even think about that so much if you don't have kids yourself? Like, when I look around myself now, I have friends who are. So I'm 36, I'm a couple years older than Rodrigo. And my friends are having kids now. And I observe them and I live some of their experiences vicariously. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that. But um, I'm also. Sometimes I'm sad because my friends know that I'm gay and there are so many things I wish, like I would like to tell them. I would like to tell them about how to make sure their kid doesn't become a bully.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, even if their kid is not gay themselves, <clears throat> because it doesn't really matter. Like this is important for every single child. It doesn't matter if they're queer or not. These are such important things. And my friends know that I'm gay but I'm not a parent, so I feel like it's not my place to dole out parenting advice. But I just wish they'd ask me sometimes, like, what was it like for you? Yeah. Like, did is there anything that you wish your parents had done differently that could maybe help me in some respect? If I I feel like these are such important conversations that we should be having, yeah. And we're still not having them because I'm seeing, like, from a distance because I've moved abroad and I'm far away, and my life is. Like, I'm living life on my own terms. But when I'm looking at friends, I mean, it's different for everyone. Like, they're all doing the very best they can and doing great jobs in some respects. But then there are other things that are just not on their radar. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes me sad. It's repeating history because things only change if you do things differently. There are conversations that we could be having, but that we're not having. Yeah. And it's somehow sad.
1: Yeah, it's very important, like... Especially in Mexico, there's this culture about, like, spanking kids, for example. Or mm-hmm. yell at kids and say, like, a lot of bad things to kids. Like, you yeah, shut up, motherfucker. Like, you know, I have heard, like, some moms saying that to their kids.
0: Is it very common?
1: Yeah, especially, like, more uneducated parts mm-hmm. yeah, of the cities. But I think that repeats, like, every time. I yeah. mean, people... Are going to educate their kids as the same way they were educated, you know, because that's the right way. Well, at least you think that's the right way to be educated because you were educated the same way. Yeah. And some people also have it like, yeah, it was like this for me, so it's going to be like that for my kids. Yeah. So I'm going to spank them, I'm going to yell at them. Yeah. I'm I think people have to realize that and people need to talk about more about their education and the way they are going to educate their kids or yeah. they are educating their kids. I see it sometimes in my relationship with Dorisa. I mean, she's not my kid. I see her more like my friend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where I have to educate her, mm-hmm. not train her. Yeah, And I'm sometimes... Seeing that I repeat the same things that my mom used to do with us, you know, like getting like really mad
2: mm-hmm.
1: and start screaming. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. I, I don't think it's great, especially because it hurt me. <laughs> you
0: yeah. Know? You realize that as you're doing it, as you're screaming at Orisa, you realize, well, maybe that's not the best way to resolve this issue. Yeah. And I feel like that's the starting point, right? That's all you need to have a starting point that gives you a reason to investigate how to maybe do it differently. And at the same time, give yourself the grace to allow yourself to be human and sometimes just lose your nerves. Because sometimes we have to yell. That's yeah. It's human, we do that. But it doesn't have to be the way to educate. It can be a rare occurrence when we had a bad day.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that's totally right. Yeah, so at the end, I think parents should be more comprehensive. Yeah. But yeah, we're understanding with their. We're open with yeah. feelings.
0: Yes, I'm thinking about various friends right now I'm thinking about one friend in particular I was so excited about what she is doing with her kid because I think that's really awesome she's a white woman living in the US
2: mm-hmm.
0: her partner is also white they have a kid and she is making this effort to raise an anti-racist child she is putting time and energy into research of how to best do that So we've talked about this a little, her and I, and I'm just, I love that you as a white person are aware that there is racism in our world and that you don't want your child to grow up to be inadvertently complicit in that. You want your child to be an anti-racist because you can't not be a racist. You're a racist or you're an anti-racist. You can't not participate in a conversation that involves all of us all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked her about a couple of things of what she's doing, and for example, she's making sure that the children's books she buys feature people of all kinds of different skin colors. Well, it's a white supremacist world out there still, and I assume that mostly when you, if you go into a regular bookshop, at least if you went into one in Austria and went to the children's book section, you'd probably find books, and everyone in those books would be white. Yeah. So she's going out of her way to track down books that feature like all kinds of people. And I think that's like because that's when you have to start. I feel like that's when you start. You just normalize that people come in all kinds of colors and in all kinds of sexual and romantic orientations and all like I've yeah. Yeah.
1: Like Like, the flesh colour.
0: Exactly. And
1: even flesh color is racist. Yeah. Flesh is not that color. Yeah. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous if you think about it. It's really, it's funny. Um, but so, like, there is, I feel like there is, like, um, talking to people like her makes me feel like there is hope out there. Yeah. That at least some people are starting to make an effort. Because, in a way, like, it is not, yeah, it's not the. It's not the job of the oppressed to uh, educate the oppressor. Like there is a, you also have to just like realize that something around you is not quite right, and then look for ways to do it differently. But you also have to want to do that. Yeah. I don't think change can be imposed from above. It's uh-huh. it's
1: difficult. It's both, maybe.
0: Yeah, it is both in the sense that, for example, like the change that has to be imposed from above is that these books that you were taught with, for example, yeah. that those books, they cannot be teaching materials. I mean, and if you have sexual education classes, which I think is not a bad thing, we had the biology of that, but it wasn't like it wasn't related to any men's classes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So if you have the sexual education classes, then this is something that has to come from above. You need to restructure them to be more inclusive. To talk about gay sex, yeah. To, go- to talk about the, the yeah, like all the colors of the rainbow, and to present them as all equally valued options. It's not a binary world, and I guess this is a change that would have to be
1: from above. From above, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is and also I think that people don't know how to educate themselves, yeah, or how to teach themselves. So they need like a guy, and this guy needs to be someone like really neutral or not, like non-judgmental, yeah, Uh non-judgmental people, person.
0: I do think people are doing the best they can most of the time, but sometimes, like that teacher you had, for example, who told you the story about the lesbian girl who somehow ended up badly. Yeah, I don't know what her deal was. Was she misguidedly trying to protect you from something? Or was she an evil bitch who should rot in hell forever? Is there even a difference between those two? But in sometimes hell? I
1: think about it and I say, like, I hate that bitch. Yeah. You know? But.
0: <laughs> and you have all all the right to hate her.
1: Yeah. yeah, but most of the time I don't even think about it.
0: Right. She has not earned the right to be someone to be thought about. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But sometimes I feel like what I am, you know, like... Like the way I am, it was built because some of these parts are each scene or each is a block in my in me, you know. And the I don't. Building block. Yeah, building block. So I don't like the, I don't like that people have have this power on me, you know. Like what or it, think about it.
0: Is there what is a building block that you would rather that you feel like you have now, but that you would rather discard?
1: Well, like that one, I don't want to i i'd rather not to have this building block because it makes me like scared, you know, and I don't want to be scared of anything
0: Mm-hmm. do you feel what this teacher the building block she gave you is that still part of you
1: yeah, a little bit like in the fact that I could lose my friend like in any time like i that happened like at that that happened at that time, you know
0: mm-hmm. So are you saying you acquired that fear of losing your friends specifically after hearing that story?
1: Yeah, but I don't know. It's, it's just things that I think about sometimes. How other people's actions can have a huge impact in your personality or in the way you see yourself or yeah. the way you build yourself. And I don't think it's fair that someone else like a teacher yeah have that right you know or have the power to be that big in your life right yeah it's kind of unfair and
0: yeah it is unfair and a teacher should be someone you can trust there should be someone you can come to yeah and who helps you figure yourself out that should be the role of a teacher yeah yeah not to judge
1: Yeah, especially in second grade. I
0: mean,
1: we were eight.
0: At eight years of age, you should be able to play with whom and whatever you want. Nah. Well, let me ask you one more question. Yeah. Do you feel like now, like today's um, life as a gay guy in Mexico, in a city the size of Guanajuato, how many inhabitants do we have?
1: Like, hundred?
0: I think it is, right? hundred thousand? Something, 000, like, that. something yeah. like that, yeah. I've looked it up several times. I'm really bad with numbers, so yeah, I keep so. forgetting it. Do you feel like being an adult um, and in charge of your own life, this is a good place to be queer? Or do you feel like there there's also a lot that still has to change?
1: I mean, it's not a perfect place, but it's not a bad place to live mm-hmm. as a gay man. At least, you know, I don't... There's no homophobia here or like evident or like violent homophobia. Maybe like judgy looks if you are holding hands with your partner or mm-hmm. kissing your partner. But not more than that, I think.
2: Yeah.
1: And we recently also have like equal marriage. mm
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I last week I made an appointment with the judge for my brother's wedding. Mm-hmm. And I I asked, like, oh, what about if I want to get married with another man? Is mm-hmm. that possible here? And yeah, yeah, it's totally normal and it's the same.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's cool. Yeah, I think people here are respectful with other people. As I said, maybe a little bit judgy and talking about you, behind you, but not more than that, you know, like the gossip thing. Yeah like normal in a small town but at the same time it's a small town so it's still very traditional and very religious mm-hmm. and maybe for me it's not something bad because I'm not from here and I didn't grow up here mm-hmm. but maybe from someone that did it's more difficult because it's something like more like take care of your parents you know like yeah. keep the yeah, especially because you want to keep the status of your family, for example. Mm-hmm. So I have, like, dated or hooked up with a lot of guys that are really shy, like, really discreet, weird, their sexuality.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: you, like, I need to hide sometimes, you know? Because or, their
0: family is from here, from yeah.
1: yeah, and it's a small town, so maybe you're one of your friends is not going to see you at the gay bar, but sometimes like the friend of a friend or something like that.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I think the living quality, it's for a gay guy, for a queer person, it's it's very good here. Mm -hmm. But if you are more like into dating or you want to meet someone new, it's a little bit more difficult because you have to deal with these kind of things.
0: Yeah. Like... Yeah, because if you met someone from Guanajuato and wanted to date them, you would still have that problem too because their family would be from here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, like dating will be like more difficult like when like go to his place or,
2: yeah.
1: you know, little stuff like that or, yeah, sometimes I feel it's more personal, but I think like the options,
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Of uh, you know, I'm getting older and the people moving here are younger because it's a university city. Mm-hmm. So most of new people are students of 18,
2: 19,
1: yeah. or in the 20s. So sometimes it's kind of, I don't know, like a 32-year-old guy should be like 22-year-old yeah. guy, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you just have to come move closer to Mexico City. Or yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. To have a da- bigger dating pool. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. But I think, in general, from where I live, when I was a kid to today, mm-hmm. it's pretty different. I mean, I think like queer people, there are more representation in yeah cultural things of queer people, mm-hmm. and yeah, people like Mexicans are getting more used to that and are getting more acceptable.
0: Yeah, last, um, was this year or last year? No, both years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they wrapped the Pipila stature in a big rainbow flag. Yeah. Like, that's a statue that's on one of the hills around Guanajuato and you can see it from pretty much anywhere in the city.
1: Yeah, that's a yeah, big thing because... Awesome. I was
0: like, oh, wow, that's so cool.
1: Uh-huh, is a conservative city, a yeah. conservative state. So yeah,
0: I mean I don't know who did that, um, but they left it on for several days. Mm-hmm. So even if it was done by someone kind of secretly, they didn't. There was nobody who immediately took it off.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like there. If I'm I'm currently into, I'm watching all kinds of Mexican TV shows, and there is gay representation now in the in the newer ones I'm watching, and it's not necessarily ending badly for them yeah that's
1: yeah exactly like, and,
0: and th- these are I think shows that are also I mean I'm watching them on Netflix but maybe they're also on like I don't know I don't have a TV
1: Mm-hmm. but, I but think maybe it,
0: like that is a way also of we're, normalizing
1: we're going to have like a Mexican version of Heartstoppers you know that book and
0: um, TV
1: show give me Pew. a
0: like I don't remember titles well what happens It's about
1: two boys, like high school boys. Mm-hmm. One of them is gay and it's out, and the other is like figuring out what is going on with his sexuality. And he and realized I- he's bisexual and they start dating.
0: I don't think so. No, it's I very cute. It's a
1: really cute 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 cute
0: yeah uh-huh. way too
1: oh, cool. cute sometimes yeah. <laughs> but yeah when i when i watch it i wanted to have a boyfriend yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. bad <laughs> it's like
0: that kind of movie i know exactly yeah. what you
1: mean yeah yeah so we're having that oh, yeah cool. mexican version of that tv show yeah
0: is it being made right now uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. yeah and also our laws are pretty pretty good especially like knowing where it's going on in other parts of the world and yeah. I think like Mexico has like good laws for queer people
0: yeah there are many like more and more states for example have equal marriage rights
1: yeah I think there's only like four there are like four states that don't have equal marriage and there are 32 states in Mexico yeah that's most awesome. of Mexico is gay in that way yeah Also, I think there's already some people adopting and having kids, gay couples. And we have a lot of no discrimination laws. Mm -hmm. Not just for gay people, but also for people of any color or, yes, status or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a cool thing. At least, like, institutionally, Mm -hmm. we are good. There's uh, still a lot of things to do. But I think by now we are like kind of good.
0: Yeah. And do you feel like the friends your age will be making their houses a safer space for their kids than the space you had as a kid growing up?
2: I hope so. Like the straight
0: friends you have?
1: I hope so. Yeah. And I think so, yeah. Yeah, all of my straight friends are really loving, at least with me, and they know. (laughs) <laughs> what I do, you know? Yeah, they, yeah, well, yeah, they're really acceptable.
2: Yeah.
1: They, I think they really love me and no matter what. And it's not just me. They accept all queer people. And they know, and I have talked with them about this, you know? Yeah. And they know how hard it is to grow up gay or trying to date. Yeah. If you're the only gay at the party, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I hope all these stories have some impact yeah all the
0: the seeds you planted, yeah,
1: yeah, I have two friends that have kids, yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, well, one of them is pregnant, and yeah. the other one is is also pregnant, but <laughs> he also have another kid.
0: Well, here's to the next generation, yeah. yeah. Having it a little bit easier. Just a little bit easier at a time. If we keep that up, we'll eventually get there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and just remind, nothing of this was free, you know? Like, all the rights and everything we have right now was through a lot of fighting and protesting. Yeah. Maybe right now there's no a lot of reason to do it. But it's always good to keep that in mind, you know. that.
0: Yeah, and to keep that in mind, no matter whether you're straight or queer. If you're not queer, your friend probably is. and You may or may not know that about them, but you should also fight for them when there is something to fight for. Yeah. That's what makes a good friend. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me, Rodrigo. Thank you. You've Mm. given me also a lot to think about. Is there something you would like to add or point out or want our listeners to know with regards to the topic of today's conversation?
1: I just wanted to share this. I I know I'm not the only one, you know? So it's sometimes it's good to listen to similar stories to yours. You know? And well I think someone can take something good from this or feel yeah. a little bit better to feel they are not alone or whatever.
0: I feel like feeling like you're not alone makes all the difference. Yeah. Like all the difference in the world really. Yeah. Knowing, oh, it's not just me.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, thank you. For I feel thing. honored to have had you on. Mm-hmm. Um... One last thing we definitely say is Rodrigo is the best Spanish teacher I've ever had. mean I spoke Spanish when I came here, but it's a work in progress. At one point, I want to be at C2 Spanish level, and I still have a long way to go. I wish I could study Spanish every day, but I just don't have the time and energy to devote to it every day. Yeah. But um, there was a, a couple weeks where I had a little gap in my work schedule. So I was like, okay, I'm going to use that time and go back to studying Spanish. And Rodrigo was already my friend, so obviously I took classes from him. I also have a background in linguistics. um, And I have taught... um,
2: Uh I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: Really? Uh Uh-huh. So I studied English literature and linguistics. Uh And I've taught German as a foreign language. So I also know what it's like to be on the teacher's side. Yeah. And I also know, I know how I personally like to learn. And <laughs> so I felt like I just told you, which yeah. is probably not how most students do it. But I told you, like, I want to learn this and this and this. And I, and I learn best like this. Yeah, and,
1: you, you knew what you wanted.
0: And you just adapted to that. You did such an awesome job because, for example, with me, you can use words like adjective and adverb. And I will know what that means because of my linguistic background, but someone who has never dealt with a foreign language was, will not know that, and so you can't know, use those words, or you have to explain them first. You use that meta-language with me. Words like, for example, adjective and adverb, to me, they feel like if you have that meta-language to talk about languages in general, to me, that's a huge advantage, and that helps oh, yeah. me learn and understand and place languages or different languages in my head
1: yeah, and for other people that's really difficult because you have to use the language to mm-hmm. explain the language.
2: <laughs> right,
0: but just telling you that I, okay, I have that meta language to some degree, um, and I liked, I liked when you used those words with me, and I always wanted to know why, not just this is how it is, but also why is it that way, and so I'm, I'm sure, like I'm a super challenging student in general, you are a teacher who rises to the occasion. So, I would really 110% recommend you to anyone who wants to learn Spanish. Because if Rodrigo can adopt to me, who is certainly a difficult student, I'm sure he can adopt to anyone. So, if you're in Guanajuato, he does in-person private classes? Yes, yes. And he also teaches online on Zoom? Yeah, yeah,
2: Um, Zoom, Skype. So,
0: wherever you are in the world, You could have the privilege of taking classes with him. (laughs) Thank you. Um, If someone is listening and is thinking currently thinking about brushing up on their Spanish skills, where can they find you or how can they reach you?
1: They can send me an email to rodrigo.s.navarrete at outlook.com.
0: Okay, awesome. So we'll put that in the show notes and, well, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye, and say hi to your dogs from me.
1: Bye.